Thanks for joining us for Season 5 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Brand Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. And thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities of branded strategic hospitality. That's a mouthful, Jimmy. We it's work for the intersection. We, we changed the name. We changed our name. It's our fault. We messed you up there. That's a season five. I thought we changed <laughs> things up. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. Jimmy, I got something to talk to you about. And it's pretty serious. You have a minute? I, I got a minute. Our guest will wait. We got a great show, but I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Branded Marketplace. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Go to thebrandedmarketplace.com. We have now just celebrated number 250. 250 companies are now on the marketplace. The best in tech, the best in innovation, in the hospitality space, on the marketplace. If you're not on the marketplace and you want to be on the marketplace, email me, Shatsy. Marketplace at brandthestrategic.com, and we'll have you onboarded in a matter of minutes. That's how fast we'll get you on. And if you're an operator, I don't care if you own restaurants, if you're in the in the in the airports, if you're in the hotel business, I don't care what you're doing, but if you're selling food and beverage, you're in the hospitality space, you got to go to the marketplace because you're gonna find a solution there. And Jimmy, you know what it cost? Yeah, this sounds very expensive, Shatsy. How much does this cost? Uh, you would think it was very expensive. You would think so, Jimmy, especially with inflation, all that stuff going on. It's free. It's free for operators. It's free for the tech companies. It's free for everybody. Just get on there. We're solving problems, Jimmy. Take it away. Let's get back to the show. All right. It's free. Shatsy, how do we make money? Volume, Jimmy. You taught me that. <laughs> volume. Volume. Yes. Thank you. And as I like to say, that shameless self-promotion was sponsored by Chico's Bail Bonds. Well done, Chico. All right. Listen, uh, we are very excited for today's episode. I think you could hear it in our voices. We've got a great friend uh, of ours uh, on the show who is really one of the true leaders and innovators of the space. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about robotics and who better to lead the discussion than our guest and our friend Massimo Noya DeMarco. Uh, Massimo is the CEO of Piestro. Um, is on the board of directors at Misa Robotics. He's an original founder of KU, Kitchen United, and a partner at Bolton Robotics um, and a few other innovative companies along the way. Uh, Massimo, um, appreciate you being with us and we'll let you take the lead. Um, maybe you can give us a quick intro, uh, a, little, a little background on yourself, uh, and of course, uh, what's going on exactly at Piestro. Gentlemen, it's such a pleasure to be on this call with you. Clearly, it's so much fun when I run into you at some convention or some cities. It's always so much fun to be in person. But, you know, just the energy that you guys put out, it's, it's incredible. So I'm so thrilled to be on this call. Um, I, you know, as you well know, I grew up in hospitality. I had uh, a tremendous uh, teachings, both from my mother, who was a talented chef, my grandfather, who ran hotels. Uh, I'm seven generation in hospitality. So this is what I do. This is what I live, what I breathe. And I'm having so much fun uh, doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that you all have heard about Payestro. Payestro is this fully automated pizzeria that we just launched about a year ago. Uh, we are doing tremendous progress on getting this machine in the hands of our corporate partners right now. We are not in the market yet, but we are testing these machines with the private recipes of each one of these 
pizza brands and things that couldn't be better. We're super excited. We made tremendous partners. They all came in and helped us with the R&D of the machine and to recreate this amazing tasting pizzas because my goal from day one about Piestra was, well, it's fine and dandy to have a robot that makes pizza, but if the pizza is not excellent, who's going to eat it, right? You're going to try it once. Right, you're going to try it once and then you're going to go, ah, forget it. That tastes like cardboard, right? So this this is our our Mm -hmm. main goal, really. What we do, we are a, a, a company that produce a number of robotic solutions and Piestro is one of them. And we want to create, we are creating these wide label machines that will go and fit the needs of a number of brands out there. So that's in short is Piestro. And I cannot wait until you guys come out and come and taste the pizza because you, as New Yorkers, you guys are really going to appreciate the the, the quality. We know, we know a little something about pizza. Yeah, that's for, exactly. That's <laughs> Hey, listen, Massimo, thanks so much for that little introduction. I appreciate it. And we're going to take a deeper dive into Paestro in a minute. But first, you know, let's just talk a little bit about how you got here. Because, you know, we've spoken many times. You have a background in hotels and restaurants. If I remember correctly, even here in New York City, you were in the restaurant space and the hotel space. So you are really, you know, your DNA is hospitality, just like uh, my DNA and uh, Jimmy's half hospitality, half lawyer, half finance guy. Because, you know, he started out as a bartender. So he's got so he's got plenty of hospitality DNA also. But how did you come from, you know, a hospitality guy, a chef, uh, not chef, but your, your family comes from that background, and, and now you're in the robotics business? Give us a little bit. How, how'd the story? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, two, two different paths. It seems like it's two different paths, but when you boil it down to – you know, be, besides owning restaurants, I also owned uh, for a number of years a consulting company, and we were designing, building, uh, operating, and launching brands, bars, restaurants, and so on for for restaurant brands. Some of them small, some you know single owners, and some larger larger brands. And we did that in the U.S., we did that in Italy, we did that in Mexico. Um, and so while we were doing that with my partner, who is, you know, incidentally, she is the, uh, Dana Hataitam, she is the lead design for Kitchen United still to today. Uh, but back then we owned this company's consulting company together. We realized that we had a whole bunch of friends, including our own restaurants, but we had a bunch of friends that had these restaurants that were just going through a tremendous revolution, uh, if we call it that way, with the amount of orders that were coming in through the various DSPs, right? And so the disruption that DSPs brought into the space was unbelievable. And we realized that until six or seven years ago, we never designed any space that was optimized for the off-premise. And so that was a big revelation. It was that, that eureka moment, right? And so mm-hmm. um, right at the same time, our good old friend, Jeffrey Kalt, who is one of the most brilliant men in this industry, came to, came to LA and he says, Moss, I've got an idea. And he brought this idea to the table. I'm like, I'm with you 100%. So the, orig- the original idea came from Jeffrey Kalt about Kitchen United. And we wanted to find a way to optimize the space for our restaurant friends to do it better, right? They had all these issues executing in their restaurants, especially because all the orders were coming in at lunch and dinner time, crunch time, and they would turn down all the platforms, so they were leaving a lot of money on the table. So there comes the idea, 
of Kitchen United, which is, you know, Ghost Kitchen. There wasn't even a name back then, right? Five years ago, right. there wasn't a name. So we decided we took over the first location in Pasadena and we rented out to a bunch of restaurant friends, some some big brands, some smaller brands. And, and so that was the first step into helping our friends to save some money, to optimize their space, to make those kitchens small, but very, very efficient for the off-premise. But from the very first day, Jeffrey put that um, that deck together, and that deck already had all kind of automation, all kind of uh, robotics, uh, driverless cars to deliver the food from the very beginning. So the idea was already there. But once we activated the space, we realized that, yes, we were saving our restaurant partners money because the goal, A, number one, was let the chefs do what they do best and we do everything else. So all that the brands had to do was cooking the food and we took care of everything else. However, as Kitchen United, we spent a lot of money running the food and taking care of everything else. So ideally, we needed to really um, you know, automate as much as we could, not just the way that we got the food from, you know, from the line out to the drivers with some uh, automation in, in the ways of conveyor systems, but then you know, we moved to robotics and because Jeffrey and I had already been involved with Mies Robotic from day one, this is like six years ago, we're like, we need to join forces and really go and figure out how do we save even more money for these restaurant people, but also giving them a way to make food better, the same exact way that the chef had designed it, and, and, and really make sure that the food was always done correctly, consistent, with no mistake, with no waste. And you can't reach that until you have some form of real automation like robotics and, 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 and not having the human just, you know, making the, the usual mistakes. I, I love all that. I want to start unpacking that a little bit because there's, a, there's, a a, there's there. some awesomeness throughout. Um, so over the last year, there have been three categories or maybe buzzwords within the industry that I think everyone's been talking about, even non-hospitality folks are becoming, uh, are starting to use these naming conventions. You already highlighted ghost kitchens, and that goes by so many names, dark kitchens, virtual restaurants, but let's just call it ghost kitchens. We labor is uh, literally, I, I, I can't believe it's not the top, right now, the number one answer on the family feud board of what's going on and the challenges in the industry and robotics and automation. You, my friend, are working to provide solutions in all three of those areas. So while we will get to all three, let's start with tech and automation in the food industry. How did we get here and where are we going? I mean, people think about tech and automation and they're, and they're, they're kind of like, what do you mean that there's automation? How did we get here? Where are we going? Well, one of the one of the reasons why we got here is because there were so many different challenges in this industry. You know, it's one of the toughest industries to be in. So many things can go wrong at any given day in the restaurant. So if you can take a chunk of those issues and put them away by using technology and automation, I mean, who better than you guys know how much technology has helped these operators, right? 
And they one of one of the fun, real fun things, and I think you guys remember that. You know, when we were down in Dallas last time, I asked I asked Jimmy this question. Oh no, I asked Michael this question. I was like, "There's so many operators out there, smaller and bigger. There's so much coming into the market. They need so much help. They don't know what to do. What 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 can they do? Because there's so much information coming. And honestly, I said, really, I send it to the branded uh, platform, right? Because you know, right. because yeah, because you know, at least you guys can actually give. A number of these solutions and put them all together like like you know ducks in a row for an operator because they're, otherwise they're completely lost there's just too much on their plate but these are all things that operators need right now and see one of the funny thing that i i saw happening is like you guys you guys knew about the labor you guys knew about the technology you knew that these things were supposed to happen years ago and 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 that's why you jumped into this industry but what what has happened in during COVID? When three years ago you guys were going around and selling or talking to operators about technology and about this solution that you guys had, some people, because it happened to us when we went out and talked about Ghost Kitchen and bring the Ghost Kitchen or bring the brands into our Ghost Kitchen, people looked at us like, no, 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 no. We've been doing this, you know, for the last 30 years, especially, <laughs> especially CEOs that are my age, right? 50s and 60s. They're like, no, no, no. We've been doing this for the last 30 years. We don't need off-premise. We don't need the DSPs. We, you know, people want to come into the restaurant. They want to eat in the restaurant. They don't want the food to be delivered. Well, guess what happened? COVID happened last year. And when people started well, stopped walking into their places, these CEOs were like, oh crap, what are we going to do? Now we need to find a way to reach our consumers and we don't have the technology. We don't have the tech stuff. We don't have the, the DSPs. We don't, we don't have anything that can help us. So they had to scramble. And you know that a lot of people came to you and you were able to address them. But guess what? If people didn't find a company like you that could really help them to scale very, very quickly and implement this technology very, very, very fast, they lost month. And some of them went under because they couldn't scale. I'm going to make a prediction right now. I don't have a crystal ball, but I actually do have a crystal ball. It's sitting right there. I can't show it to you because it's just a, a voice. But here's what's going to happen. The same thing that happened last year when some of these people got caught, pardon the picture, but with their pants down, is going to happen again in a year to 18 months. Operators and restaurant brands that are not doing all they can to get educated about the most groundbreaking technology, about automation and about robotics, if they don't at least get educated about that, 18 months from now, they will find we will find them again with their pants down because all of the issues that we talked about and that we're going to be talking about in a minute are going to hit even stronger 18 months from now. So that's my prediction. Hey, listen, thanks a lot. And all I'm thinking about was Jimmy with his pants down right now. So I'm just trying to get that out of my mind right now. Okay. So let's. He's wearing Bermudas. <laughs> so let's just keep on talking about ghost kitchens. You know, we had uh, we had your buddy Atul uh, from, uh, from KU on uh, just a couple weeks ago talking about uh, everything going on at KU. Uh, you're one of the founders over at KU. Um, let's talk about what you're doing about bringing robotics into ghost kitchens. I mean, we talked a little about now because you're, you're spot on. I mean, restaurants weren't built 
weren't built for this huge off-prem uh, uh, business. I mean, they were built for people to come into the restaurant and eat. You know, every now and then someone would, would come in and pick up and take a bag out. So now you guys are building these 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 restaurants or these kitchens, and now you really can can think about the layout and design. So now you're bringing conveyor systems so the drivers can can just get their food really quickly and, and, and get back onto their bikes or their cars or what have you, saving time for runners. So let's talk about what kind of robotics and automation you're bringing into ghost kitchens. Yeah, the conveyors are almost passe, right? This is, uh, this is two, three years ago. Now there is a bunch of robots that actually can go to the line and pick up that, that, that uh, package and take it outside to the drivers. Some of the drivers don't even have to get out of their cars, right? So we have Bear Robotics, we have Keenum Robotics, we have Poodle Robotics, all these companies that have this amazing um, utility, I call them utility robots because they can find their way and go into every kitchen, know exactly what to pick up, where to take it, and there you have it. You don't have any more runners running back and forth in the ghost kitchen space, right? So that's one of that's one of the ways that's one of the solutions. But but we are bringing cobotic cobotic solutions, right? It's not a full robotic cobotic solution into a kitchen because we still want one person that can actually oversee. And and, and I have great stories about these employees, and it's, it's, it's incredible. It just gives me goosebumps, and I'll tell you in just a second. But we're bringing these cobotic cobotic solutions because it's not just about the labor. We don't want to just cut the labor. We want to make sure that the dishes are executed the way that needed to be executed. A great, talented chef went out and created these amazing dishes with so much love and so much, much passion. And now they put them in the hand of a, or somebody that's going to execute them. It's a human. It's a wonderful human being. But he's, he some days he doesn't feel well. Some days he might be hangover. He needs to go out and smoke a cigarette. He gets a call from the wife, the girlfriend, and so on. So he gets distracted. And that beautiful dish is not going to execute it the same way that the chef has designed it. What's going to happen if you bring automation into and robotics into the space? Now you have this person that can actually just oversee the operations, but the machine, the robot is actually executing that dish exactly the same way that the chef has designed every single day, every single hour, every single time is the just the same way that the chef has designed it. So for consistency, that's very, very important. But then I think about the waste. How many times somebody burns something or drops something and so on? That's, that doesn't happen with the robotics. So we can create these dishes exactly the way they need to be created, put in the box, and sent out the way that they're supposed to do. We were a couple of, of, uh, of, of recent... Uh, meetings, you know, down in Texas, and you, you heard about black box. What is the number one complaint about the consumer? The issues with the food that gets delivered, things that are missing, mm -hmm. not executed correctly, right. mm -hmm. items, you know, there's something missing. So that's the big issues. That's not going to happen with the robotics. The robotics is going to, it's a machine, it's artificial intelligence, going to do exactly the same recipe every single time. So with that, you can take away a lot of those issues that a humans will, will, you know, we'll make every single time. I find all this incredible. I really do. And, and, and I love what you said a few moments ago, and it's going to throw me for a loop when I get to my uh, Miss Cleo in the Kreskin hat. You already made the prediction, but the fact is, I think you're right. Um, it can't just be the way it's always been. You're going to have to invest the time and energy to learn about the best practices. Um, and again, Brandon's here to help the industry. There are other folks uh, somewhere I'm sure like us, but by all means, they got to do this. Listen, I want to get, I want to talk a little further about uh, Paestro. 
um, with this product, in a way, you are able to build mini ghost kitchens everywhere, dorms, residence, office buildings, and, and beyond. Can you share a little more about how uh, uh, Piastro works, the system works, and how it's going to change um, the pizza-making landscape? Is Piastro going to be the vending machine of the future? And did I, did I speak out of turn by even calling it a vending machine? No, you didn't at all. Plus, you know, I love you, so you can say whatever you want. So, um, it, and it's you know, in in a way, it is it is vending, and in, you know, I don't call it the future of vending. I I call it the present of vending. I call it the present of this industry because it's something that is needed. You know, again, you know, I'm I'm gonna hold on to the labor part, but here's what's happening with Piesta. We have a machine that can be put pretty much anywhere. Now it's. Let me tell you what the machine does. First of all, it creates pizza from scratch. It takes, you know, the robot goes and picks up the dough, brings it down to a line. That's where everything gets assembled, the tomato, the the, uh, the cheese, the mozzarella cheese, every ingredients you want, right? And this, you know, Michael, I know Michael loves sausage and rapini. That's his pizza. <laughs> he can just get on his phone and he orders sausage and rapini and he gets exactly what he wants every single time. So you have the ability to create your own pizza. This is not something that you have stored in a machine that is being frozen, right? It's being, you know, prepared, assembled, frozen, and then let's sit there day two or whatever, and then quickly reheated and sent out. This is a freshly made pizza like you would have at 800 degrees. 800 degrees, if you guys don't know how they work, is, you know, in the same system as, as the Chipotle, you make your own pizza. You go and say, I want this, that, that, and that. And that's what happens in front of the Piastro machine. The beauty is that this machine can be put pretty much anywhere. So you guys live in New York City. You probably live in a very, very expensive high-rise building in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, <laughs> well, you have hurricanes. You have snowstorms. You have all kinds of things. You have a riot. You have a strike. You have a pandemic. Well, but you just got a Piastro machine that is being placed by your landlord into the lobby of your high-rise building. And it's two o'clock in the morning on Saturday night, and you can't go out and find anything anywhere because of the weather, because of whatever it might be. So you get on your phone and you decide, this is Michael again, right? He decides he wants his uh, rapini and sausage and he orders it and you know from his phone. Then he proceeds to put on his pants <laughs> and put Get on a pants. pair of shoes, Get with the and pants. He, goes, he goes, there you go, with the pants. And by the time he put his pants and his shoes on, and he takes the elevator and he goes downstairs into the lobby, his pizza is going to be ready. It's a piping hot pizza, his favorite pizza in the world, and he can pick it up and eat it, whether it's 2 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock in the morning. Hey, right. I, just want to, wait, so, I, just, I just want to add, first of all, you don't need a hurricane or a, or, or a snowstorm uh, to, for, for Shatsy to want to get pizza at two in the morning. It's called the munch. Yeah, in my lobby, no less. <laughs> but let's move on from that. <laughs> I, I want to, where can we find Piestro now? How many units are currently active? How many are in the pipeline? Uh, where can people check it out? Yes, so they are not out in the, what we call the wild right now. Okay. We are building the next five machine for our next five corporate partners. Got it. We're going to let them, you know, like you guys say in New York, beat the crap out of it. 
um, play with them because we recreated their recipes, right? So for each one of these brands, we had to work out a little bit different of a machine, not not completely different, but you know, in 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 the way that machine sure. is is set up how, and how, programmed. How much and sauce? So how much cheese? This, that, and the other. Thing. Exactly, sure. exactly. Each recipe is Slightly different, different for each sure. one of these brands, so we're gonna let them use it. I want to say that you probably see one of the machine out in the wild. Um, Mid on next year. Fantastic. Because these companies are very serious about, you know, putting the machines out. We're not putting a Piastro machine out there, right? We could go out and put it out there right now and, and, and you know, and see what happens. But we don't want to do that. We have these amazing partners that are going to put out the machines branded with their name. And, and they want to make sure that they have tested and retested and, and went through, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these pizza, making sure the machine is making it constantly good delicious pizza well like you just brought up branded you know here at branded we know a little something about branding and i gotta <laughs> tell you it sounds to me like this paestro you're creating a, a, a literally a blank canvas for branding and advertising so you can have an entire white label uh business built around these machines i mean you could brand them any way you want you could put them in airports they could be you can put them in the malls. You can put them, like you said, in lobbies of offices and and brand them any way you want. An advertising element to it. I mean, have you thought about things like that? Yep, absolutely. And and this is not just for Paestro. This is the entire idea behind robotics. You've seen the announcements about Miso, you know, and doing uh, machine. The, wing, the wingy. The wingy and doing things, Flippy. you know, for White Castle yeah. and, and so on. And so this is what we really do. And our goal as, as people in this industry and people that have lived the restaurant world and understand it, we are not here to build these machine and sell machines that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars because then not everybody can afford them. Only the big brands will be able to afford that, right? Mm -hmm. So our goal is to get to as many of these machines in as many hands as possible in the shortest period of time so we can really help them survive. Because if they don't have the labor, if they, you know, the costs are way too high, we need to help them. And so for us, yes, we are creating this white label machine for the brands with their name on it and so on. But then we actually go out and do a SaaS model for them. Give them a machine that they don't have to pay for. They can lease it, they pay a SaaS, we do the maintenance, we do everything for them. And we just even find them, you know, help them find the places. Because we have so many developers right now reaching out to us. It's like, I want one of these machines, my next five buildings in Connecticut. I'm like, yeah, of course. Well, but we're going to give you a brand that goes with it, right? So we're going to give you 800 degrees or we're going to give you somebody can, else. Can I get so one of these machines? Masmo, can we get one of these machines installed in Jimmy's apartment? Forget his <laughs> lobby. What about right in his apartment? You know what Jimmy would do for that? 100%. He rolls out of bed, just gets a pizza, rolls back out of bed. He would love that. That's that sounds like a great deal. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's, it's good to be me. It's good to be me. Listen, uh, we've discussed automation. Uh, talked about talked a little about ghost kitchens and even some branding. Uh, I want to dedicate some time to talking about labor in relation to robotics. How do you see automation solving or at least providing relief to the labor labor shortage? Or if I'm playing devil's advocate, is automation maybe part of the reason for this issue? Well, we we knew that because of consistency, we wanted to get the robotics to really go and supply consistency in the dishes 
and 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 the waste that is happening. You know, I had somebody not too long ago telling me that if we could get these machines into their brands, and this this brand has tons of restaurants, can't tell you who they are, but he says to me, Massimo, just with this, I can potentially save sixty thousand dollars a year in cheese alone. Right? Domino's. Because of, Domino's. Because of Was I right? No. Cece's. No. Blaze. Blaze Pizza. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. You ain't going to do anyway. All right? No, no, no. And we ain't got yeah. time. Yeah, but <laughs> Pizza Hut. So, pizza Hut. I won't tell you. I won't Damn tell it. You. If, I get, if I guess it, you wouldn't tell me? No, you already guessed it, but I. I oh, Jimmy! I guessed it, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> of course he guessed it. He's Shotzi. Of course he guessed it. He didn't guess it. He made an educated, educated. prediction. But but here here's the deal, right? We are bringing we're bringing in these machines because we really need to help help the restaurateurs to really do the right thing to cut some of their costs. But interesting enough, you know, I, I keep hearing people saying, uh, people that are not in the industry, they're saying, ah, oh, yeah, you know, robots are just taking the jobs. And, and that's just baloney, right? Not baloney pizza, just pure baloney. And, and, you, know, <laughs> you can't put baloney on a pizza, Massimo. That no, you can't believe do. me, I've seen it. I've seen it. But, but It's a my choice. I can make whatever pizza I want. Exactamente. No, we are making the pizzas. No, um, but, but we are actually creating better jobs. You know, I tell you a little story. So when Miso started, we went out and, and grabbed a couple of really great employees that uh, worked at Grill uh, for about 15 years, right? And we brought them in and they helped us, you know, with all the motions and everything because the, the, the machine needed to learn and they needed to learn from who? From the human, from one of the best human that could do that. And, and so, you know, it's interesting because as we started working that way with one of these employees, he told me the story that he went home to his wife and after 15 years that he was a, a, grill, a grill man, he went home and he told his wife, hey, honey, I got something to tell you. And he said, what? She's already going. What? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not a I'm not a grill cook anymore. And she goes, Yeah, you lost your job, right? He goes, No, actually, I'm making more money than before. I am a chef tech, and I work with robots. A robotic technician. Really, seriously, tell me about goosebumps. I know you guys are people. People. I know you. You. Your employees. Are you treat them better than you know you you know better than anyone else, right? Because those are the, the backbone of our industry. And so when somebody tells you that, that just that gotta make you feel really, really, really good. So we're creating better jobs that, that get paid better. So this guy doesn't have to burn himself because his arms are completely burned out after 15 years. So now they're working and they are checking the screens of the computer and making sure that the, the robot does the work that it needs to do. Right. So this to me is pretty amazing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I love it. And uh, and I and you're right. I, we do, we do care uh, about the folks and not our, not just in our team, but the industry. And I do think uh, automation is is necessary and it's not a necessary evil. It's necessary and it's really good and healthy for the industry. All right. Listen, we started this podcast because Shats and I, well, we like bringing on friends and guests and asking, getting asked the questions. We also learned along the way, some of our guests have questions for us. So here we have Talking Back, where we let our guests take the mic 
and ask us questions. Nothing's off the table. Massimo, the microphone is yours, my friend. You know, I'm going back to a question that I asked you guys and I wanted to refine it again. It's how do you, how do you help at Branded, how do you help the smaller uh, operators? They might have like two, three, four restaurants. And again, they're so buried into this attempt to get technology to work better for them. How do you, how do you stir them the right way? Well, that's a great question, Massimo. And I'll tell you, you know, Jimmy and I were in a couple of, uh, I guess, podcasts or, or, or what, virtual seminars, whatever they, whatever they were with the uh, with some of these uh, restaurant organizations. The, the word you're looking for is the word you're looking for is webinar. Yeah, uh, we were on these webinars. Webinar. We were on webinars. It was a webinar uh, thing, and, uh, and and it was amazing. To your point, that some of the things that we find just very you know second nature, some of the questions coming in were like, "Well, how do I find a white label delivery solution?" And their idea was, "What do you mean? I, I got you know I have a, a DSP on my website. There's my delivery partner." And, and you're right. And I think that was really how we came to the marketplace was really come up with a central place that everyone can go to and find solutions. Because a lot of operators, to your point, as you know, you're buried in the day to day operations and you don't have the luxury of traveling to some of these incredible trade shows where you can see all these exhibits and see everything. So you have to, you know, either read the trades, you know, or, you know, spend some time talking to folks in the industry or you can, you know, so we built this website, really a marketplace to find very easily by categories, some of the best solutions. And we recommend everyone to go on there and check it out because I think that's kind of like where it starts. If you can't go to these trade shows or you don't have an opportunity. I mean, I always say that restaurant operators, we are plumbers, we're electricians, we're psychiatrists, psychologists, we're, we're, we're handymen, we're, 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 we're hosts, we're waiters, we're bartenders, we're everything. So it really does take a lot of time and, and you don't have that luxury. So that is what I really do recommend uh, to everybody. That is an incredible tool. Yeah, actually, Shats, I think you're on point. The only thing I'll add um, about this industry is it really is a roll up your sleeve and get S done. It's it's teamwork. It's cooperation. I've 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 looked at resumes, you know, for the last several decades. Um, and I, when I see military, that strikes a chord with me. When I see hospitality, that strikes a chord with me. When I see team sports, the type of people that, you know, you could bring in and they're going to be part of the team and get stuff done. Um, and, and we've taken an approach that is very operator centric. We're, we're really on the side of operators when we think about tech and innovation that will help improve margins for the business. So that's our thesis. How do we improve margins for the business and make life better for operators? And it's understandable that they can't be experts and masters of everything. So we've really tried to cultivate and curate. And we now, you know, we give it free to any operator can tap in get our, we send out eight uh, thought leadership pieces or eight distributions every month. And we never charge other operators for taking insights or taking tactical recommendations or sharing our opinion. Um, I know it'll sound corny, but we really think of that vertical, other operators as our brothers and sisters in this industry. And that's who we want to help. So we've made that a core part of our business. And so far the community has rallied around what we're doing and companies like yourself, what you've created because it's good for the business. Shatsi, I'm going to let you take it to the top of the tech stack, my friend. Yeah, no, I was just going to add to that, Jimbo. I just, I, I know when we speak to operators and we go to the trade shows or just, you know, here, here in the city, just talking to operators as we go for dinner 
and I see like some, you know, operators, they don't have a scheduling platform and, and they're not very expensive and they're still using a pencil and paper. Or they're using an Excel spreadsheet. And I don't care which scheduling platform you use, but you should. They're so inexpensive and not to have a scheduling platform, which could really help you optimize your labor based on sales and trends and weather conditions and things like that. It's crazy. So there's so many solutions out there. It's just a matter of education. I think we got to do a better job of educating, especially because the backbone of the whole industry, it's the SMBs. It's the mom pops. That's the backbone of the industry. And we've got to educate these, these folks better so they can see that there's a lot of help out there. Just got to know where to find it. Go to the branded place market, the branded marketplace.com. I had to get that plug in real quick. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, listen, I want to just go to the branded Quickfire Massimo. You've been great with your time. I don't want to keep you too long. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Please don't think too long. Just first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? I was born ready. You were born ready. Classiest, uh, classiest guy we've had on the show, Jimmy, by the way. I just want to let you know that. (laughs) Classiest, uh, classiest guest. If you were to choose any actor. Sexiest voice. Sexiest. Next to mine. If you were to choose any actor to play you in a movie, who would it be? This is quick. This is a good one. Good question. Agent Brody is just as ugly as I am, and it actually reminds you of my father when he was young. I mean, <laughs> to the T. Where are uh, you getting dinner from tonight? Tonight I'm cooking home for my girlfriend. Guess what? I'm making pizza. Believe it or not, she's leaving you're probably for using a- that paestro, though. You're using the paestro in the house, though. No, no, I got a nice little oven outside in the backyard, and you know, she's leaving for a few days. So tonight is date night and making pizza, which is her favorite thing. I think I'm gonna know the answer. What's your favorite food city in the world? Milan. Boom. I, 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 I mean, I was gonna say Milan. I was saying like I was gonna say like Rome or Florence. I, I, I knew I knew we were going to the the, the homeland for that. Absolutely. Favorite place to travel. You know, it's very interesting, but I'm going to say the south of Italy. I, I, I knew this guy was going there, too. You know, I knew he was going to I'm from the north. I'm from the north. And you know there's this rivalry, north and south. But 100%. still, the south of Italy is just so breath, breathtaking. It, it, uh, agreed. Okay, this is the big one. If you were to challenge Jimmy Rai to a game of bocce, who would you have the best odds of beating? Probably both. Yeah, bocce's got to be your game, man. Yeah, Come I, grew on. Up, I grew up, and I'm going to share a little thing. My two cousins were world champion three years in a row. How are you going to compete with that, Jim? I got to tell you, ironically, yep. uh, we had uh, we had Mr. Sud uh, from KU on, and we we ended up in a challenge match at RLC coming up in uh, in in, in uh, pickleball. And Atul told us he'd kick both of our butts. I'm the one who now has to go play him, and I'm a little nervous. I admit that, but I'm going to go leave it out on the court. I will say that when it comes to bocce, maybe we'll maybe we'll do a little bocce with uh, with Massimo and RLC. I I think we need a bocce court because I will tell you, Il Vagabondo may that restaurant rest in peace on the uh, Upper East 61st East Side had a bocce ball court in the they back. Bocce. I I spent a lot a lot of years enjoying uh, Chianti chicken parmesan. I was going to say, Jimmy, how much Chianti were you drinking? Yeah, hey, Jimmy, guys, I, I, Massimo and you bocce. Give, yeah, you give Jimmy Chianti, all bets are off. I'm telling you, he's dangerous. Yep. I'm well, telling you, what? this I is on Palm Spring this weekend, and I played bocce like an entire afternoon, and it was so much fun. RLC, we're making a lot of we're making a lot of challenges. Uh, we got a lot of challenges. Shatch is taking on Sterling Douglas in uh in in a golf outing. I've got a tool suit in uh, in pickleball. You and I are going bocce. I'll, uh, should, should we wear all white? Should I bring my white bocce ball uniform? 
hundred percent. You got to wear your white pants and white shoes. All right. I'm ready to play. Listen, uh, Massimo, we want to thank you so much uh, for joining us today on the, on the, uh, on the podcast and for really sharing some great insights. Uh, we appreciate your hard work and really you've been a great champion uh, for change and really trying to help the industry. And, and that is among many reasons why we, we, we really do care about you because you care a lot about this industry. If you want to get in touch with Massimo directly, you can email the branded team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. And we'd be happy to make the introduction for you. Uh, to our listeners, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and, and we appreciate that you choose to hang out with us. Please join us next week as we welcome our guest, Joel Montanel, founder and CEO of Seven Rooms. That is going to be a good time. Okay. Hey, Massimo, before we sign off, ready. sorry, before we sign yes. off, what, it's Paestro, Paestro.com. What's the URL for our Hi. listeners? Maestro.com, yes. Maestro.com. And I just want to, Jimmy, I just wanted to add, I don't know, you may have not been listening, but Massimo made a very, very generous offer to our listeners today. The <laughs> first 100 callers or emailers will get, he said there are five machines rolling off the line. The next 100 machines rolling <laughs> off that line, guess where they're going? To the first 100 callers or emailers, <laughs> you're getting your very own Paestro machine in your house, courtesy of, of Massimo and his generosity. That is what kind of guest we have. Thank you, Massimo. 100 Paestro machines. Look at that. That is great, Don't, Jimmy. You guys are riots. You guys are riots. Yes. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you Shatsy's personal credit card number. Uh, his Amex can handle that. All right. If you haven't done it already, please do sign up. Uh, uh, sign up with, uh, or subscribe to the podcast. You don't miss out on an exciting guest uh, in the future. And even better yet, invite a friend to hang out with you the next time. Uh, until then, uh, this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, uh, with a very hearty and sincere thank you to our friend Massimo. Thank you, sir. And I'll pass it back to my boy, Shatsy. Thank you, Jimbo. And from the restaurant guy, a.k.a. Shatsy, hospitality hangout. Thank you all. Massimo, great. And hope to see you soon, my friend. This was awesome. Thank you, guys. I hope to see you soon in New York City. Dinner on us. When I say us, I mean Jimmy. We look forward to it. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Cheers. 